Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. From Nice Guy Productions World Headquarters overlooking the glamorous San Fernando Valley, I'm Mick Garris, and this is the fun-sized version of Postmortem AMA, where you can ask me anything, and asking your questions is producer Joe Russo. Joe, how are you? You know, Mick, I am pretty well. I I, I don't know if you realize this, but the, the day this airs will be the seventh year since I went independent uh, leaving my development job behind. Wow. Congratulations from yeah. executive to creator in one fell swoop. Well, and, and, and also too, right now, my seventh movie is shooting. So, uh, which is amazing. Congratulations. Seven, seven movies in seven years. So, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty proud of that fact. Yeah, um, not bad. Making your living as a filmmaker is an awfully rare feat. And I congratulate you. Thank you, Maestro. And speaking of uh, making living doing what we're doing, you uh, you're you're busy pounding the uh, keyboard right now. Yeah, I, yep. I know you can't say what for yet, but uh, it's it's pr- pretty exciting to hear the updates. Yeah, it's pretty great. We are in the thick of writing the pilot for a new show right now, uh, and um, if it happens, it will be pretty groundbreaking and uh, pretty terrific. Well, when, uh, if, and when you need some eyes in the script, uh, I'm here for you. So. All right. Always good to know. <laughs> uh, shall we do some questions? Let's do it. Let's hear what our listeners want to know. All right. Momo wants to know, do you like fudgesicles? <laughs> <laughs> um, gee, it's been decades since I've had one, but they were tasty. Is, is it vegan i don't even know yeah i don't even know either the last time i had one was way before i was a vegan so i don't know (laughs) an odd question to start things off with but i know it was was, we're just easing our way in you know (laughs) always throws you some curveballs always always friend of the pod uh all right krister asks whatever became of from a buick eight toby hooper was involved at one point correct There were several people involved at one point, you know, Richard Chismar and Jonathan Sheck, the actor, were partnered as writers on it. It's been through several different producers, several different writers, and even I was attached to direct for a while. Oh, wow. Um, So it it has been through a lot. I think it's some, it's found another home and is being redeveloped. Yeah. The last time I think I read about it, uh, I believe my friend William Brent Bell was attached to do it. Uh Aha. So I don't know anything about it firsthand, only the things I've read or heard, but yeah, Toby was going to do it for a while. I don't think it was with the Chismar uh, Sheck script, Hmm. but um, another. Is that the one that you were looking at? 
that was the one I was looking at. You know, Richard Chismar is the head of Cemetery Dance, the magazine and the publishing yeah. company. And they were my publishers for most of my books. And so we had that relationship going. And John Sheck, of course, starred in Peter Medak's episode of Masters of Horror, The Washingtonians. So there's a close family circle there. And uh, and Chismar and Sheck wrote uh, um, a couple of episodes, an episode of Masters of Horror and an episode of um, uh, It's offspring which will should not be named <laughs> yes okay fear itself yes uh there it is um yeah. i so so this is so so your involvement would have been like circling it around like the late aughts then is that is that right uh, it uh, was probably um 10 years ago yeah yeah so okay uh, okay the early 2010s cool um, well, that's, that is, uh, it'll be interesting to see if, and when it actually happens, what's, uh, what they do with it. Yeah. It's a great story and it's a lot of fun. And one of the characters is Cynthia Garris and <laughs> she's a waitress in, in the novel. So oh, it'll be interesting to see who yeah. Cynthia. <laughs> I, I, I am very excited and I would love to hear what our postmortem fans think, uh, who should play Cynthia Garris. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, that's that's a tough ch casting choice, right? I won't make you pick, Nick. Uh, let's see what the fans say. Uh, Not my job. <laughs> all right. Do you like? Well, actually, one more one more question about that. If you had done it and you had to cast Cynthia Garris, I assume Cynthia Garris would have played Cynthia Garris, right? Well, one would assume. Yeah, <laughs> one would assume. All right, there we go. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? I, I I completely agree. All right, next question. Do you like scary mommies? Asks. <laughs> were there were there any other terms the filmmakers had to adhere to for Masters of Horror other than budget and schedule? Yeah. Do I do you like scary mommies? I thought that was a question, but uh, <laughs> nope. That is her. Uh, that is her Twitter name. handle. Okay. okay. Um, or his. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There. There were. Uh, a hand, there were five rules. I don't remember all of them. One of them was no adults killing children. Uh, I think no children killing children. Hmm. Uh, I think male frontal nudity at that time was not a go on Showtime. Uh, and a couple others, none of which we even considered. You know. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 that's great to hear. I mean, so you were able to kind of mostly shelter the filmmakers and protect them from yeah. From rules but that did not protect the miike episode miike right. did not break any of the five rules but the intensity was such that showtime wouldn't air it and yeah. so we found out later that miike would have cut it he said why didn't you tell us you know i would have been glad to make cuts to make my entree into american tv yeah yeah uh, but that wasn't the point. The show was all about these filmmakers fulfilling their visions unimpeded. Yeah. And well, and the intensity, and, what, what could you cut out of a show that was a hundred percent intensity? You know? Yeah. Well, and, and the and fact think, is the original cut was 68 minutes long and was released theatrically. Right. So it's eight extra minutes were all in the torture scene. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you did get an edited version of it. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. I was I was talking to our friend Alejandro Brugues last week and yeah. uh, about something Guillermo del Toro had told him, um, and it was basically like once you start saying 
uh, yes to the changes with with the executive branch, like it becomes a bit of an avalanche. Like you've you've let yeah. you've let the vampire in, so to speak. Yeah, they know uh, and, they can step on you. Yeah, yeah. So I it might have actually been even though Mike wanted uh, to to maybe cut it in retrospect. I think for the good of the project as a whole. I think that was probably the right decision. Yeah, and we were able to release it. It was financed by Anchor Bay at that time, a DVD company almost exclusively. Uh, and Showtime only paid a small license fee to air it. But we thought, you know, and I've talked about this many times, this is going to be great on DVD, the show that Showtime wouldn't show and and all. But at that time, Walmart sold 40% of all the DVDs sold in America. And because wow. Showtime didn't air it, they wouldn't sell it. Yeah, yeah. So we got around that by putting it in the first season box set. But each of them came out individually, one at a time. Yeah. No, it's it's a great story, and uh, and you went into a lot more detail too on uh, your guest appearance last week on the movie Crypt, where you had a, oh, a yeah. great chat about uh, violence in film, and I would encourage everyone to go check that out because it was a really really great chat with with Mick and Darren Bowsman and Tom Six, and yeah, we had a really um, interesting conversation, and it did go on all about one specific topic which is something we rarely do here yeah yeah it was great a really really great deep dive into a controversial uh topic but uh, thanks to adam for putting that together absolutely um but uh maybe less controversially thomas writes have you done guest spots with any tv horror hosts or are there any that you'd like to make an appearance on um it's hopeful that I'll do the Joe Bob show. Um, yeah. The the producer uh, contacted me about the possibility of doing it uh, in a few months. So I don't know what's uh, up his sleeve. Uh, having been a horror host myself, but not a character horror host back in the days of the Z channel, Absolutely. when I would introduce uh, uh, genre films that were playing then on the Fantasy Film Festival. Um, but I have not, you know, we've interviewed Joe Bob, we've interviewed Elvira and uh, people along those lines, but I haven't been uh, on the hot seat as a guest on any of those shows. Um, question, I guess, about the Z Channel days, uh, since, you know, like, obviously, um, you know, there were there were horror hosts around, like, obviously, Sven Gulli and, and Elvira was coming in on her own a few years later. Was there ever any thought about, like, putting on some makeup and creating a character or like? No, it, no. it was always intended to take the genre seriously yeah. and to respect it and to talk to the filmmakers. So yeah. my segments didn't just interview, uh, introduce the movies, we interviewed right. the filmmakers. So, you know, we had Steven Spielberg on, we had John Carpenter on, we had right. Christopher Lee on and people like that. So. And where can they find those interviews, Mick? Well, I had Betamax copy. All the original videotapes were destroyed. Uh, oh. Theta Cable was bought out by various different companies. Ultimately, now Spectrum is uh, the company that owns what used to own the Z Channel. Yeah. So I had Betamax them over the air and they look like crap. But those along with the original postmortem TV show episodes and a lot of making ofs I've done, uh, audiobooks of my short stories read by some of my favorite actors and the like uh, are all available at mickgarrisinterviews.com 
all free, no sign in, none of that stuff. Just uh, have fun. It's a, it's a, it's a great website. And, and was the thing that kind of helped inspire me to, uh, you know, pursue postmortem as a podcast when I, I, I saw the opportunity for it. So uh, well, cool, cool website to go check out. Uh, if you yeah, haven't. it's a lot of fun. A lot of those uh, Z channel interviews are lost completely, but the ones that I managed to recover on Betamax tapes and transfer over are there. So there's probably two thirds of the shows we did. Awesome. TDE Perro asks, what's your take on method actors? Have you had to deal with any on your shoots? Yeah, uh, often. Um, whatever gets you to the place where you feel you're doing your best work, which gives you the most confidence is fine. Uh, if somebody wants to stay in character the whole time, as long as they're not abusive to anyone else in the cast and crew, I, I have no problem with that. And I encourage people to use whatever process they need to get them there. And so I've never really had it interfere with the production. Uh, I've only seen actors get good results from that. I don't recommend it for everyone, but every actor has a different approach to how he feels most comfortable with his process, his or her process. And uh, I'm supportive of that as, as a director. John Zander asks, Mick, what are the differences in directing your own projects like The Stand or Sleepwalkers, et cetera, or directing a series that has an established cast and crew like Once Upon a Time that you're walking into? Well, uh, there are a lot of differences. The main one is the responsibility. I don't feel I, uh, I have to be so cautious with other creative input with my own stuff. I'm in control of it. I've written the script. Uh, it's my original story. If I'm doing something like The Stand, I have the most popular author of all time and his most successful novel of all time. I'm not just responsible to him, but I'm responsible to all the readers who will also be watching it, knowing that it's a translation to film and not a direct translation. A book is not a script, but that responsibility is a heavy one to carry. And you want the author to be really happy with it as has been the case in most of the projects I've done with King. And other times I will step into somebody else's TV series to direct an episode where I am not the most important person on, on the set and the actors know more about their characters than I know about their characters. Nice. And the producers have a lot of creative input, but I've never been in a position on a series where I, I didn't feel that I could flex my creative wings, but I know I'm on someone else's show and I have to respect that and want to respect that and do the best work that I can interpreting the creative work that's already been laid down. So it's a different set of responsibilities. When it's something of mine, I have no problem changing dialogue or scenes or sequences that are different from a story that I've written. Um, or if it's an original screenplay, uh, I can encourage others to bring more ideas into it uh, other than myself and, and welcome that. But for example, in The Stand, one of the actors came on the set on first day of this actor's shoot with a sheaf of handwritten pages saying, here's my rewrite. And I had a five month uh, relationship that I was going into shooting this miniseries and had to say, look, 
This is based on Stephen King's most successful novel. We have to respect that. I respect what you bring to this, but it affects other actors. It affects an entire canvas of a massive miniseries. So, you know, how you deal with that, you have to respect the, the basis from which you're making the film. Do you ever feel like um, when you're coming into a situation where it is an established crew, uh, I mean, obviously you're coming in with, with, a, with a very high pedigree, uh, but like, do, do you ever feel there's a moment where you have to kind of earn their respect, like coming in, in on as the outsider of a, of a circus that's already been you know, performing for a long time? Oh, I think you always want to earn the respect by giving them respect. And even though I do come in with a pedigree because I've done episodic later on in my career after having done a lot of high profile projects and because I have gray hair, uh, often that earns you respect that you might not otherwise deserve. (laughs) But (laughs) respect is mutual. It's a two way street. And if you don't give it to the actors and the crew and the DP and the people who are representing the show that you've been invited as a guest to work on, then how can they respect you? It's got to be a mutual affair. And I think that's a really important thing. And I've had some of the most fun ever on other people's series where I'm guest directing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not treating it any differently or any with any less commitment or respect than you give to your own projects. You know, a one hour episode of Once Upon a Time is as important as as an episode of The Stand was, you know, so you, yep. you give it at your all. Yeah, and, and you've said many times in the past, you had the opportunity to direct one of your favorite scenes of all time uh, on Once Upon yeah. a Time. Certainly so. one of the most emotional scenes I've ever done. Yeah, so yeah. Um, pretty cool. Uh, well, Mick, I think you have to get back to writing. So, <laughs> back to work. Uh, we, will, we will wrap it up here and we'll, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more AMA Ask Mick Anything questions, which you can send uh, to Mick at Mick Garris PM on Twitter and Instagram, or you can send them to me at Joe Russo Tweets or at Joe Russo Graham on Twitter and Instagram, respectively. And thank you for our listeners for listening and for your questions. And thank you, Joe. Thank you, Mick. Thank you for listening to Postmortem with Mick Garris. Download new episodes every Wednesday and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.